The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome one, welcome all. It is Tuesday, December 6th, our first December roundtable, 7.02 p.m. Central Standard Time. Yes, it is the Blog of the Boys roundtable. You can watch these live every Tuesday on the Blog of the Boys YouTube channel. You can watch them after the fact if you're tardy. You can also listen after the fact on the Blog of the Boys podcast network. Wherever you check out Blog of the Boys content, whether it is the YouTube channel, the podcast network, blogoftheboys.com on social, you will see and hear the wonderful faces and voices of all of our talented panelists. My name is RJ Ochoa. I will be directing traffic tonight as we crown another BTB Roundtable champion. Coming for it is Tony Catalina, who you can hear every Monday on First and Ten, one of the Paisans, uh, as we like to say, as they like to say. Tony, um, congratulations on um, on making it to Tuesday. Hey, you know, another day, another dollar. Uh, that's right. Uh, Danny Phantom is here representing the people who are going to say, I told you so, on Odell Beckham Jr., certainly one of the topics we're going to flesh out in great detail. Dan, um, do you feel proud like is this a moment of pride for you is this is this in fact a moment of of you know sort of rubbing it in people's faces in a loving way of course uh maybe not yet but you know i mean people have offered a lot of uh, opinions about my 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 position on this so you know what you know it's coming okay uh sturch i don't know if you know this or not but kevin has awarded you the first points of the night uh five points to you dave sturch show sturch has a brand new profile picture on twitter everybody go check it out and tell him how <laughs> handsome he is um because you're the only one who is wearing cowboys gear today sturch everyone sees you on chop sports every single day uh doing your mojo thing and i feel like you never are not wearing cowboys garb um is that is like is there a heavy like navy concentration in your closet yeah, I've been told uh, plenty of times that I have need to expand my horizons past the navy and black um, uh, look. Um, but I just, it's slimming. It's uh, it's it's just the way I decided to go with it. I'm not a bright color guy. When I do wear bright colors, people think I'm like I lost a bet or something. So I'll just mm. keep it to the Cowboys navies. Mm, well, Aaron Judge is about to spot that black for a nice bright orange. Um, so maybe you can do the same. We'll see about oh, that. Um, <laughs> uh, everybody surely can check uh, Sturch's thoughts out on Chop Sports for that. Danny is a San Francisco Giants fan, too. Just kind of add to, add to the discourse um, that you two sort of share here tonight. Brandon Clements, um, one of the peaceful people here. There's no fighting happening between you and anybody here. You have no foil, uh, but you are wearing a wrestling shirt. So maybe you, you will sort of, um, you know, embody that persona here tonight. Uh, Brandon, I put it to you. What did you have for dinner? Oh, you got to have myself a great. I had myself a great New York, uh, New York style pizza. So uh, when you're in New York State, you, even at gas stations, which I don't go to the gas station for pizza, it's probably better than any pizza in Texas. No offense. What was on this pizza? What was on the pie? Like what toppings are we talking about here? 
Uh, we, we did cheese tonight because there was a special. I, I wasn't going to go okay. wrong with a $10 special. I, you know, I can't pass it up. Um, okay, so uh, we have some points to catch up to here. Sturge, uh, Brian Rail on TikTok at Talk Cowboys has uh, deducted five points from you for panicking on Twitter before halftime <laughs> on Sunday. It was a bit of a, a stressful first half for the Cowboys, as we all know. Big time I'm window. Worst. I'm the worst the- person to follow there in a the game, by the way. Um, Samuel um, has says has said, excuse me, OBJ washed Noah Brown season. We're going to kick things off on the Odell Beckham Jr. front. A little bit of news um, as we kind of landed into the roundtable. Tony, you had a tweet um, earlier today, earlier on Tuesday, where you said, look, I don't care because part of the reports were that Odell is unlikely to play before the postseason if he does join the Cowboys or, or anybody for that matter here in 2022. And you said, I don't care. Third downs, clutch moments, red zones. He is totally better he is 100 better i don't want to put words in your mouth but you said that then noah brown at, th- at those specific things yeah i mean i i didn't think that anybody was going to bring obj in to like win the the last four games of the year right i think that everybody thought that obj would be brought in to to help this playoff push you know put him over the edge and you know realistically what what was the expectations of odell beckham jr to come in here was in my mind 15 to 20 snaps right i think he cuts into noah brown's targets he he might be um or not even targets is his snap total because noah brown is averaging right around 75 percent of you know the offensive snaps which for me, seems a little high. If he's able to even cut that down to like 35, 40% and give that to Odell Beckham Jr. in high pressure situations where you're just better off having a better athlete out there, I think the Cowboys have more of a threat. They have a better option with that. So, yeah, I'm all in for, you know, some type of dose of look of Odell Beckham Jr. Sturge, uh, the subtitle here, the little title thing on our on our platform here, um, notes that it does kind of feel like if you've read the reports, and again, the reports are that, that um, Odell probably not going to play in the regular season, didn't work out for the Cowboys, they wanted to work out. We knew all along this was going to come down to medicals, but we allowed ourselves to have some fun with this. I know you and Tony on this week's episode of First and Ten championed the cause. You said, I don't understand, and again, this was before this particular bit of knowledge, I don't understand how anybody could not want Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, Casey says in the comment section, I don't view this as the end of, o- of the OBJ and Dallas saga, merely a to be continued. So where are you at, Sturge? Do you still want Odell Beckham? Do you feel like this is the end? Um, do boys too many to come sing the song? Like, where are we at in this particular chapter of the season for the Cowboys? We needed him this year. You know, that, that was that was the thing. So I'm not, I was in on him. I'm still in on him. I mean, if, if, if all reports saying he left without a deal, like if he really wanted them, he wouldn't have let him leave. But maybe there's an agreement in place. Like, look, man, you know, we'll sign you, but you got to get X clearance or this clearance or whatever. I don't I don't know how beneficial it is to spend any kind of money on Odell Beckham right now if you can't help him this year. If you want to grab him for the offseason and he's still a free agent into the offseason, you want to go into a bidding war with everybody else, go for it. But I, I listen, I think I, I shared Tony's thoughts with uh, – you know, the opening up of the passing game. And look, the Cowboys are nine and three without him. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you're adding this piece, great. Like, you look across the, the division, you got Philadelphia there, which are A.J. Brown and your Devonta Smith. And if you can't compare C.D. Lamb and Michael Gallup to that, then then what are we doing? You know what I mean? Like, this would just be an additional piece. While I agree it would be a, like a, a you know, kind of like an explosive piece, and it would indeed replace a Noah Brown, which, again, no disrespect to him because he's had himself a nice little – sound year but um if he's not ready to go then there's really no point 
it kind of feels like, um, you know, like when you're at a restaurant, you like a restaurant, you know, serves you big portions. And they're like, hey, Sturge, you know, we had a mishap. We're so sorry. We're going to give you a free appetizer, free pizza for the table. That's your free appetizer. Like you're already thinking like I got a lot of food coming. Like this is awesome. Yeah, we'll bag it up. We'll take it home. But like I'm kind of playing with house money. And that's kind of how this this felt. And again, I do think that we let ourselves like romanticize it a bit. I know you were in that boat, Tony. It's Odell Beckham, right? It's the Cowboys. It was a lot of fun. They went to the Mavs game and all this stuff. Uh, Danny. Kevin says, if OBJ isn't going to be ready to play till the playoffs, then he is unlikely to be able to make plays in the playoffs. Look at how long it took Gallup to start looking like Gallup. I don't want to speak for Tony and Sturge, but they, I'm sure, agree and they can nod. I think we all agree that if it's day one is in the playoffs for Odell, then we're out. I mean, that's too big of a gamble. You cannot risk that. Um, you were out even before that potential proposition, though, Dan. Yeah, and I think that's been the big question, too, is what can we get from him? When will it happen? And just, you know, how how much he'll be able to contribute, you know, to this team. And, and I think, you know, I, I don't really like the, the Noah Brown dis, disrespect going on here because, you know, you I mentioned said no disrespect to Noah Brown, but whatever. Fight. fight it doesn't matter. Fight. It doesn't matter if you say that. That doesn't oh, okay. <laughs> No offense, but. but. Um, but I, I think one thing you got to remember, and, you know, Tony mentioned his snap counts too, is you know, what's that telling you about Noah, what Noah Brown's doing? It's telling you that he's, he's on the field blocking. You know, we're seeing all these runs that, where our running backs are, are getting sprung for big gains. I mean, it's hard to see, you know, to on the casual observer, but Noah, Noah Brown is an integral part of this this offense. So, and to me, one of the things about OBJ, besides what he would cost, is really what is the net gain. And I know you guys, I feel like you're lowering your expectations too. You keep on saying, well, if you could just give us a play here or a play, you know, that's better, right? That's better. And that is a true statement. But, well, I mean, what is the net gain there? And compared to the cost, it's just never been something that, you know, I've been wanting the Cowboys to do. Brandon, um, I tweeted this out when I wrote the story uh, about this, you know, whole this particular part of the story. Um, the Cowboys are nine and three. They made a lot of decisions that I will speak for myself and nobody else. I thought were dumb. I thought were stupid. I thought they made a poor bed. Turns out they made a sleep number bed. That's why Dak Prescott's doing all the, the commercials. It is super comfortable. So in my mind, they have earned the benefit of the doubt. We should trust them. They have said all along, this is going to come down to a medical thing. Um, do you think this is a matter of like, hey, we, we let it kind of, you know, we let the Odellness take over the, the facts and, and the calm minds, but the Cowboys are operating from an objective place. Yeah, they're definitely uh, they're definitely operating from an objective place. I think it's, and in, in, in we were just kind of talking about that uh, a little bit, like on the wrestling side of things, it's, it's like Jerry Jones could run. He could start his own wrestling business. Like so much drama around it. And I saw that. I saw the comments uh, between Tony and the crew. I I, I was catching up uh, later on in the afternoon today. And holy smokes! There was a lot of back and forth. But the the thing the thing of the matter is, if he's not ready to play, I I I don't really want him on the field. Obviously, you know, I would want him maybe the last three weeks of the year. Uh, that would be ideal. So. If he's not ready for the postseason, then we might be out on him. I mean, that's that, that's the fact of the matter. But would it be better to maybe get him in, get him into the system, you know, a couple weeks before, just so he can get get his hands on the playbook and and and, and you know get you know get ready to go, get acclimated to the to the program. I think that's where we go at this point. And here's the issue: the, the issue is there's they're already in the playoffs, so it, it doesn't matter if he comes in at week 15 or he's in in the playoffs for the Cowboys. You know, I don't care about that part. It doesn't matter to me. And, and like you said earlier, if they're going to, you know, if there's going to be a bidding war potentially, you know, at the end of the season where other teams are just going to wait it out, wait till the, the off season of, uh, at the end of the season, wouldn't it be better to maybe get them in here at a, maybe a slighter discount just to get them in ahead of time? That's, that's kind of where I'm at. 
But it, again, it comes down to cost. And I don't blame Jerry Jones for wanting to see how he's doing with his route tree and seeing how he, you know, how he's, how he's cutting. That's the big thing. I want to see, I want to see that as well. So that, that's kind of where my concerns are. So I, I get where Jerry Jones is coming from on that. So that doesn't, that, I mean, it, the way they're handling it, I'm okay with it at this point. I know there, you know, some of the reports that have been coming out while OBJ is in town, maybe that wasn't great timing, but you know, unfortunately business is business. And I think it's a tactic to get to maybe get OBJ's price down from a Cowboys perspective. And I mean, it's, it's again, OBJ's, he may have threw, threw some teams in here just to get the price up. It's, it's all business negotiation tactics. That's what it really comes down to. So if we can get him, you know, in town or in, you know, in a, in, in the Cowboys uh, facility at the star with, you know, two, three weeks to go before the postseason, I'm totally fine with it. Sturge. Yeah. The only thing I can say, you know, just thinking out this outside the box and, you know, you, Brandon just mentioned like seeing the route tree, you know, nine times out of 10, it's Odell Beckham. So at the end of the day, don't you think that, you know, we saw like if you guys follow Jameis Winston on like on Instagram or something like that, his his account might be the most entertaining account you've ever watched because it's all of his rehab videos and this, that and the third and getting ready, getting ready. I haven't seen anything out of Odell Beckham, and he's one of the most outlandish people in the history of the football of the sport. So the fact that I haven't seen him do any cuts or, or any kind of like I'll be back soon or whatever, this is alarming to me. You know what I mean? But to Brandon's point, I think that bringing him in now on the cheap while putting these reports out there where he's like, oh, man, I really wanted to go to Dallas. Like what now what? You know what I mean? And tells his agent like, look, man, uh, I'll do it for this and I'll be ready for the play. Look, you can learn from osmosis. You don't have to necessarily be on the field. Um, but if it, if it drives the price down, then maybe Jerry knows what he's doing after all. I don't know. It just kind of seems like right place, wrong time, in my opinion. Um, like I think they like both, both these parties are interested in dancing, but it's like, you know, the, the, the right song isn't on like they're not wearing the right shoes. Like it's, it's just, you know, Brandon, you kind of touched on this. Like this, this is like, maybe this is a, a helpful visit in, in March, right. To, to know the Cowboys have already kind of done their preliminary work on Otto Beckham Jr. They don't have to go through this song and dance routine. Um, but, but you know, it's, it's just, it's not going to work in December when they're nine and three and they're on the cusp that they are right now. Yeah. My only concern, my only concern RJ is that they're, you know, they, they, the Cowboys have shown too much of their hand where it seems like from the reports that are coming out, the Bills don't really care what the Cowboys think of his medicals. So that could that could that play in the hands of the Buffalo Bills? That's and, and the Buffalo Bills could throw him in there with Gabriel Davis and, and Stephon Diggs to have you know for Josh Allen to have more weapons. I I, I definitely don't want to see that. So it's kind of it's one of those situations where it's like the Cowboys are kind of banking on OBJ really wanting to come to Dallas and more of it like more of him going to the other teams just, just for show to bring the price up. I think they're kind of, it's kind of like a, a, a game of poker. I feel like I would only push back on that in, in that he left the giants without a deal. He left the bills without a deal. Both teams ultimately let him get away and maybe he was hell bent on visiting the Cowboys. But if, if he was truly that, you know, unmissable, um, you have to imagine that one of those two playoff teams would have found a way. I will say this, and, and we'll see, obviously, what the Cowboys do in the offseason. Maybe they trade for Brandon Cook. Maybe that finally happens. Maybe they draft another receiver. But it does ultimately highlight uh, what Kevin is noting here in the chat. The Cowboys stepped in it by trading away Amari Cooper. Starts, right? Like we, we can all we can just admit it like it's it's fine. It's over. We're letting it go. But this this was all created by that. I mean, and, and you can argue how great Amari would be this season, whether that would have helped CD or blah, 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 blah. But they could have had a very, very talented receiver, and this would have never been a thing. They bet on themselves. 
they bet on themselves to make the right decision, and they thought the right decision was to ship off a very heavy contract, and we'll be fine with CD, and we like the guys we have, right? That's the age-old saying with them. But, um, yeah, I mean, they, they got egg on their face right now. And, and, and again, we're 9-3. and three. Dak's right. having a phenomenal comeback uh, from his injury. And, and all the other bets that they made, they have won. They they won the Lyle Collins bet. They won the Randy Gregory bet. Kudos to them. They That's why I said they have earned the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, no, I, I wholeheartedly agree with that. And I and I also think that, like, you know, you're also seeing the emergence out of other stars that we might not have seen had Amari Cooper been here. Like, maybe we don't have four tight ends on the field that can do something. Mm. You know, maybe we don't see as much target share with uh, Tony Pollard out of the backfield. We don't know. You know what I mean? So maybe there is a right and a wrong to this. But, yeah, of course it's going to burn for a little while, considering they gave him up for a bag of balls. You know, Brandon. RJ, to your point about Randy Gregory, same same rules apply. We would have not had Dorrance Armstrong. That's the other piece of it. Dorrance Armstrong, that's a great piece. I mean, he's had a heck of a season. So it kind of worked out in our favor with their, that Randy, you know, went, he, he went his own way and went to Denver. And uh, Dorrance Armstrong is having a career season. I love Dorrance, but I would – Equally love having Randy. Um, Danny, I know you took issue with me saying that nobody should be tweeting at Randy and, and you know, rubbing it in his face how the Cowboys are doing. Uh, just so you know, Danny, Samuel has given us a super chat saying, sign Odell Beckham Jr. now if Noah Brown is integral to the offense. You were the one who took offense at the um, the disrespect that was not shown uh, by Tony and Sturch. Um, so that is, um, you know, maybe that's the most disrespectful thing that's been said about Noah Brown here tonight. Sorry. Yeah, and, and um, I, I want to say too, you know, it's, listening to this. First off, I know I threw a little Twitter fit when when the Cowboys, you know, decided to, to move on from Amari, but I think we have to be we have to look at this and and think about like even with Amari Cooper. Now, granted, Amari Cooper's twenty million. I mean, how much better does he make this offense? Because because the Cowboys are actually they're really efficient in what they're doing. So even even that isn't like to me. It's not a complete a complete mess. I think it's questionable. Think, just to interject in, I think it is because the 20 million does not look intimidating anymore. They, they misread the wide receiver market exploding and, and you can, argue, but, but that that's part of the process. Like that was part of the justification was moving on from him because of the size of his contract, but the size became so much smaller over the course of the offseason. Well, it, that's one way to look at it, but 20 million, still 20 million worth of cap resources that can go to like Tony Pollard or, or like the players that they they've invested in with Armstrong and, and curse and, and hooker and all these. We're still so, sitting on seven. We're still sitting on seven. So like, you know, like we're still sitting there with money to spend all of a sudden. So that's, that's another problem. Yeah. You, thought you needed that. You thought you needed to unload this guy because of the contract. It's but. didn't think they needed to remember. We, we all know, we all agree. Okay. We all Danny, own- just simply, would you rather have Amari Cooper on this team to play the Houston Texans on Sunday or not? That's what it comes down to. I don't know. It's, it's, tw- I, I mean, I think we all know it's okay. Like th- this was they're They're like 101 as far as off season decisions. This is the you're, one you're asking you're asking, you're not actually asking a fair question because you have to, to factor in the cap. Yeah, but I make the rules this. around here so they could be yeah. fair or unfair. Okay. Well, yes, I would like the Cowboys are better with Amari Cooper. That's they're the better point. with, but they're better. I, they're better with also, uh, uh, cart Minshew. They're better with, I mean, <laughs> I agree. With, I agree that we may not have seen CD flourish and CD thrive. So you can argue that that it was worth the cost. But right now, Amari solves this 
this disappointment that we feel in Odell Beckham Jr. Tony, last oh. thing on this, um, and I saved this one for you because you had some thoughts here. Um, so this is totally your Scott says in the chat, just curious, but why didn't all the news about the dad of him playing not come out when the Giants or Bills did their medicals? That news obviously did come out today after the second day of visits with the Dallas Cowboys. Tony Kettling. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a that's an outstanding question. It's a, it's a it's a perplexing question. It's a question that you know sparked the big debate within our uh, BTB Slack. Um, you know, it's 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 part of the Cowboys mantra, right? It, it nothing ever is silent. Nothing ever is quiet. Uh, you know, you see him at the Mavericks game, and you love that as a fan, and you're like, oh my god, this this looks cool. This looks awesome. Like, and then you realize that he he comes and goes through the New York media market without a peep. He goes through the Buffalo media market without a peep. He comes into Dallas and there's multiple insiders saying they don't trust his knee. Meanwhile, the guy's sitting in the office probably breaking down film with Kellen and Mike McCarthy. And it's like, wait a minute, my knee's what? You guys don't trust this? So, I mean, that's a frustrating part for me in the sense that I don't understand what the end game is. And if you're saying it's leverage and it's in its, it's negotiations and it's tactics, like I understand that, but it's also just on brand for the Cowboys. So it, it is frustrating to see him go peacefully and, and come peacefully to other organizations. Then he comes to Dallas and all of a sudden it's top news and you know, the four letter networks that there's a knee issue and he might not play until January. And it's like, where was this, you know, why is he going on this like a worldwide tour? And, and we don't even know if the man can play until the playoffs. So it really is a head scratching situation. Sturge, do you agree with that, or do you think, like, do you think something something was different about the Cowboysness of it all? I don't want to speak for you, Tony, or put words in your mouth, but I guess what are your thoughts on what Tony had to say? Well, to me, it's like it's just weird because it's like he visited the Giants. Any and anybody hear that, anything that about felt it? fake the whole time though? That, but, that but, felt but I'm like, saying, like did anybody hear or read anything about it? Like, and then he visited the Bills, and all you heard was Von Miller, like, oh, he he ain't leaving, right? And then, and, but did did anybody else hear anything about it? The, the Cowboys put on a pay-per-view like they're like, here he is. And then you got specific reporters up as Keister just like, oh, hey, you're going to come. You're going to come. You're going to come. And it's just like, dude, relax. First of all, you know what I mean? Like everybody calm down. Let him go enjoy his night. That's fine. But it, I mean, look, it's their responsibility to try to get a story. I get it. But they made it a spectacle. You know what I'm saying? Like they made this must-see television. They got the, the you know, fans in the, in the American Airlines Arena or whatever they're calling it now. Um, I might have gotten that completely wrong, um, but like, um, you know, chanting OBJ, OBJ. So it's like this big, grand presentation and then blah, you got nothing. And I looked at I just right before I answered this, I looked at OBJ's Twitter. I'm like, you know what? Let's just be sure that he didn't get on the plane like F these guys. You know what I mean? Like and he didn't. Um, so there's nothing. There's silence. Uh, I think it was all for nothing. I think this is look, <laughs> to be honest with you, let's let's be honest. We can't even I mean, I don't know what's going to happen in the next 40 minutes of this show. But like, are we are we gonna break down the Texans? No, because it's just like there's nothing to break down. So you got OBJ news, and and even even Jerry's like, they're not gonna talk about about Cowboys this week. They're gonna they're gonna talk about somebody. What if we put OBJ courtside? Right? And it's like, okay, good. You got us talking, and now it's all for nothing. It doesn't feel it feels like a, we got played. I think. <laughs> a I have bit, a thought, you know. but Brandon, you can go first. Just a quick thought. And they had to get Luka Doncic in there to, right. to get him to come to Dallas. I mean, he's like one of the bright Dropping stars in the 40. NBA. And they're like, go, and he's like, you know, I, by the way, I love the fact that he's a Cowboys fan. That's a great thing because I think Luka Doncic is one of the best players in the league. So, but when he when they asked him and he was like, yeah, I want him to come to Dallas. I'm like, oh my god, this is this is turning into more of a spectacle than it should. I think. Um, look, I was captain negativity all off season, and maybe it's the holiday spirit. Maybe I'm just like drinking the Kool Aid. 
I don't know. And Dan, I think of anyone you'll empathize with this because you are generally kind of a, a more calming presence. Um, no offense to Brandon, Tony or Sturge, but we can all be a little bit reactive with things. I mean, as evidenced by Sturge's first half tweets that were called out um, earlier what? in the show. Uh, no. But um, I give the Cowboys a lot of credit for putting on a show and and maintaining a level of objectivity. I mean, like, and, and we can be annoyed, right? Like, hey, you, you put on this show and there was no net result. They had fun. Like, you know, like, and I'm a big believer in, in when you when you have the big stick, you can you can walk and talk louder than anybody you want. And they're nine and three. They are dominating. They have found the secret sauce. They have and, and you can argue that maybe you would prefer that they be more quiet. Maybe they lurk and live and operate in the shadows. But you know what? They said, hey, we're going to make a big old spectacle as since they got in this public, you know, flirtation with Odo Beckham Jr. They're three and one and they would be four and oh if not for a fourth quarter collapse in their house of horrors that we've all kind of forgiven them for as frustrating as that was. So Dan, I mean, yeah, it's a little bit, you know, it, it feels kind of like a whimper, like like things ultimately weren't consummated or didn't come together with Odo Beckham Jr. But fine, if you want to if you want to act loud and proud, like you've earned that right right now. I, I that's that's those are my two cents. I think this is this is kind of weird to say, but I think this is all of our faults. I think oh, we should nah. all You're be... out of here, Dan. Nah, what the hell, dude? I just hyped <laughs> us all up, dude. He really did. Yeah, he you served did. us well, up really well, nice well, in a nice alley open. You swatted it like Matumbo. That's what's happening is we're hyping it all up. And I think that, you know, if you go back and you listen to what Jerry says, there there's not <laughs> at any comments, po- I'm sorry. There's not any time where I'm thinking, we're gonna get Odell. I mean, I don't know if what you were hearing, but you know, he answered questions that people asked. But what do we do with it? We ran with it. We were selling all types of narratives about OBJ. So I think it's, you know, the people that write about him, the Cowboys media, I think that we're, you know, as we often do, we try to to make a story. Well, then we're good at our jobs. All right. Maybe, you know, hype us up, you know. That's, That's fine. But I think we also have a responsibility to try to, you know, keep our fan base educated on what's going on and we want to make sure, I mean, we know how this front office operates. A lot of this stuff should not even be surprising to us. So if we come back and we're like, what, we're not, we're not going to sign a, take a risk on a free agent after having a history of not taking a risk on free. I mean, this is, this is what we should be used to. So I, I just think we need to own some of this responsibility because part of this is our fault. You know, look how many OBJ articles and stuff have we been handing out for people to read and stuff. And uh, granted, I do remember one saying, why he shouldn't, you know, be signed. But, you know, look, we've been doing this to ourselves. Who's the um, author? <laughs> I don't know. I'm not going to name names. I, I accept none of your blame that you have placed on us. Devon has taken away 20 points from you, Oof. Danny, for blaming everyone. Um, our friend, I love, this is a family show, uh, has blamed himself um, and has taken a, a negative 420 points. Um, and, um, wow. yeah. Danny, so, you're uh, like negative 130 right now. There's another one. Johnny Boy came in saying, you're down 30 more. Johnny Johnny Boy said, fan base educated. I'll take informed, but educated minus 30, Danny. All right. So ends the Odo Beckham Jr. saga for now. Sturch, you are right. We're not going to talk about the Houston Texans. That's just kind of where they're at. The Cowboys are almost 17-point favorites, depending on where you look. I mean, holy crap. So we don't have to, you know, pretend, oh, was Damian Pierce going to run? Like, no, we're fine. We're confident. In fact, uh, before we get to Tyron Smith, I want to talk about this uh, because we all believe the Cowboys are going to win this game. It will be their 10th win of the season. This means whenever the Cowboys, because they're going to win at least one more game, whenever the Cowboys get that win, even if it isn't Sunday, they will have won double-digit games for two straight years. That has not happened to this team since 1995 and 1996. Think about that. Like, I realize this sounds like a specific cherry-picked thing. It's really not. I mean, it's really just being a competitive competent 
sustainably good football team in two straight years. Now, to be fair to the Cowboys, twice in the stretch since 1996, they have been playoff teams in back-to-back years, but one of those years featured them as a wildcard team beneath 10 wins. So this is a big deal. I think Mike McCarthy deserves an enormous amount of credit for this. I wrote about this, Danny. I'm coming to you first because you are his biggest critic. And what he has done, his first opportunity to back up a 10-win or a double-digit win season, obviously 12 last year, he has done it. He has done it in the face of so much doubt, so much scrutiny, so a lot of that coming from his bosses. I mean, it is an incredible job what he has done. Does that mean that we should build him a statue? No. Does that mean the Cowboys are going to win the Super Bowl? No. Does that mean if they don't that it is a failure? No, because they are becoming the team that is there every year. They are becoming the team that is in the tournament all the time. And if you do that, there's a lot of data that supports that one of those times you're going to wind up winning it all. So, Danny, your thoughts? Yeah, and I am I am his biggest, biggest critic. And you know what? I'm going to be his biggest defender when you guys are all – you know, dumping on them when if we get bounced from the playoffs because that's just what happens. The coach they get overcredited and they get overcriticized. But I will, I do want to say McCarthy, this this Cowboys team is a good team. They they have not been at this point. When you look at how balanced they are and how good they are on both sides of the ball, and the coaching staff is just really good. I mean, it's not not just McCarthy, but it's, it trickles down. You know, Dan Quinn and the assistant, and guess what? And Kellen Moore. You know, this is a really well coached team with with a lot of talent. Kudos to the front office. So I think that. Absolutely, he's done a great job. He's keeping everything together. A lot of the things that even plagues us, I think that the, I'm looking. We had three penalties last game. That's that's a great, you know, that's a good job of being able to emphasize that. You know, if these things can carry over, you know, this is something. The, the Cowboys have a real opportunity to do something special this year. And this, honestly, this is one of the better teams we've seen it in a long time. And absolutely, Mike McCarthy, I, I'll give him give him the credit he deserves. I'm proud of the entire Cowboys coaching staff. I'm proud of the front office. I think they got some talented players. So for sure, I mean, um, I'm not, I don't have anything negative to say about Mike McCarthy right now. Tony, um, I remember thinking when McCarthy was the coach of the Packers, they're like, man, they don't seem to take these playoff losses like as hard as we do. And I think the reason they don't is because like, they're like, okay, well, we'll be back. Right. Like, you know, it's, it's okay. And there was a comment. I, I mentioned, I wrote about this. Um, there was a comment on in the article at the site at blog Somebody said, you know, I truly believe that. And, and forgive me commenter uh, for going off the top of my head here. I truly believe that that has kind of like added to the playoff pressure because every time we get back, it's this like, it has to happen now. Like th- there is so much pressure on, 2007 on 2009 on 2014 on two it has to happen now because we don't know they're going to fall next year they're going to falter they're going to regress but no like that's why like this this season has felt a little bit weird and it's because we're not used to this bounce back talk yeah totally i think um i actually looked this up last week talking to my wife about wow, it i was flexed like it up flex yeah. it up tony looking stuff up <laughs> well it's been like 15 16 years like you mentioned since we've had back-to-back playoff seasons i'm like this is almost uncharted territory for me in my adulthood where I'm like, okay, like we get bounced out of the playoffs and usually it's, we're not going to make it the next year. So having a chance to kind of exercise the demon the next year is the market consistency that we just haven't seen in a very long time. So, I mean, that, that, that is a testament to Mike McCarthy, a testament to this coaching staff to kind of retool and refuel this, uh, you know, this team to kind of be able to do that. But you're absolutely right. There's pressure in it. There's this heartbreak in it when you lose in the playoffs and you don't know when you're going to be there next. Like I remember how, 
upset I was, you know, on this very show last year when we lost to the 49ers. Like, I thought we really blew our biggest chance. I really thought last year's team was the best that I was going to see in a long time. And I was, I'm glad I was wrong because I feel much more secure in my feelings about this team, this defense, the way they're playing now. And like, look at us now. We're going to, I mean, not the, I'm not going to be crazy here and go out on a limb, but, you know, we're going to make the playoffs in back to back years. That feels good. And we just haven't seen it in a very long time. 2006 and 2007, the last time they made the playoffs. Um, again, that 06 year was as a wild card team with nine wins. Brandon, Mike McCarthy is the what most important person to the Dallas Cowboys organization. Like if you if you ranked the people that are in their levels of importance, where would Mike McCarthy be on your list? What number? It's good. It's good. I don't know. I don't know what happened with your internet. If Brandon can hear us or not, I think, I think he's thinking. Okay, <laughs> that's some deep ass thought right there. Yeah, RJ, RJ, you cut out halfway through your thought. I'm not sure what happened with my internet there for a second. Mike McCarthy is the what most important person to you with 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 regards to the Cowboys. Like, if you ranked everybody associated with the team, like Dak would be one. Like, whatever whatever your ranking is, all people that work at the Star, where is Mike McCarthy on that list? Uh, easily in the top ten. I mean, he's the head coach. Top ten? He's like top, top three for me. He's Uno for the top, top fifty-three. Okay, top five. There you go. Top five would be a better number than top five. Yep. But uh, but uh, honestly, I think the most important coach on the staff is Dan Quinn. I think I think Dan so Quinn, especially with the mic. Yeah, I, I, I'm a Dan Quinn guy. You know that. And even though uh, even though Danny gave me a little shade on on Twitter the other night about Dan Quinn, I, I love me some Dan Quinn. But wow. yeah, Dan, Dan Quinn's defense. Dan Quinn's defense is the key. And Mike McCarthy, as long as he can. Steer the ship and let his coaches coach. I, I'm, I'll put him in top five. Sturge, Samuel said that I'm tripping and questioned me putting Mike McCarthy in my top three. For what it's worth, Vance says, number one, Dak, number two, Mike, and number three, Will McClay, four, Dan Quinn, five, Mike McCarthy. You, I know you're kind of joking, but you said Uno. Like, where does Mike McCarthy fall for you? I mean, look, I'm the first one to come down on the coach. Like, it, it is. It, because why... All right, you just said uh, Dan Rogers. Did, I don't know why the hell I call him by his whole name. Dan just said um, that if you know he, he'll you know come keep that energy. If we get bounced out of the first round, we're all coming down on Mike McCarthy. You see what you said there? We're, we all come down on Mike McCarthy first. Last year when we got bounced by the Niners, there was a a stigma of sorts of of a conversation, not you know air quotes saying like we weren't ready or we were scared or we got punched in the mouth or whatever the case may be. That's coaching, guys. That's coaching, right? So now you have a team that's nine and three and they're rolling. Now we could say like, oh, Dak is averaging X amount of points since he's come back. That's great. But there also had to be somebody to coach up a guy like a Cooper Rush to take over. Right. And then there's been too many times that we've seen uh, we've seen the Cowboys get either bounce out of the playoffs or lose a big game after a couple wins in a row. And you hear the guys either be Dak or somebody else saying like, you know, we were we were feeling ourselves too much. You know, we're we sniffed ourselves a little too much. This team hasn't done that this year, and it and it comes from above. Like it comes from Mike McCarthy. Dan Quinn is is a godsend. I love the guy. He's really got this team playing on all cylinders as far as the defensive side. But it takes two. I understand defense makes championships and, and it wins championships down the road, and a good defense will get you very far. But it has to start up top. Mike McCarthy is also responsible for bringing in Dan Quinn, so that was his decision, right? Like Mike McCarthy, he gets a lot of crap from past green bay fans my business partner in my business over at chop huge green bay fan he said they won that super bowl despite mike mccarthy and i said 
I like, what, what did you have? He goes, well, we had a top defense. I'm like, mm, okay, so do we. And he's like, ah, well, we had a decent running game. Oh, all right, so do we. Uh, we also had a, uh, Aaron Rodgers. I'm like, well, we got Dak. And I'm not comparing the two, but I'm, what I'm saying is it's all developed by one guy. And, and, and I know, yeah, you're going to talk about the, the draft and the scouting and all that, and that's great. And that's, those are the guys that we get. But this guy is the leader of men. And he's the reason why we haven't sniffed ourselves. This is the reason why we're prepared. This is the reason why we go into a Colts game that, yeah, we might have gotten off to a crap start, but wound up having the biggest win in I don't know how long, you know, because this team is led by a guy that says, everybody pump the brakes, do your job, take care of business, and we'll be fine. And, and Mike McCarthy has led this team to a 9-3 and three start. I mean, I, you, can't, you can't tell me any different, only because you can't tell me that it's a it's a Dak thing, right? Because we still won games without him. And I'm not discrediting Dak at all. I love Dak. He's my he's my guy. But what I'm saying is there has to be somebody to coach all these guys up. And that's Mike McCarthy up top, for me at least. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I think there has to be somebody too to to kind of take all the arrows and somebody to be comfortable with. Hey, Dan Quinn is better. Kellen Moore is better. Like Mike, Mike is the ultimate selfless leader, and that is. And I'm not saying Jason Garrett wasn't selfless, but it was a different kind of selflessness. Like Mike McCarthy is a little bit more comfortable um, in, in his own skin um, in that sense. Cactus G says, "Preach, Dave." Mike McCarthy is the bow on the present. Uh, Nathan has given you 20 points, Sturge. Um, I want to transition. Uh, Tony, I'll start with you here. Um, I'm going to tease the audience and I guess maybe you guys. Um, so I already recorded this week's episode of the NFC East Mixtape. That will drop on the Blog on the Voice podcast network on Wednesday. It's the show I do uh, with Brandon Gatton, who covers and, and runs the Philadelphia Eagles side here at SB Nation, Bleeding Green Nation. So Tony, BLG, as he is affectionately known, said today, we recorded on Tuesday afternoon, that he is not afraid of Dak Prescott right now. He said he doesn't fear Dak at all. He said, you know, I, I think he's different. I think he's a little bit whatever. And the conversation we ultimately wound up having um, that I kind of agreed with, this was, I I, spe- I calmed everything down. I chilled everything out because it was that was a ridiculous thing to say, whatever, um, that I obviously hope burns him in the end. But I do think, like many do, Tony, that Dak is playing perhaps a bit too aggressively right now. And I, I think that's a fair thing to say. Bob Sturm has done the, the best writing on this subject, I think, at The Athletic. Go read Sturm if you haven't. Sturm is the GOAT. Uh, but that being said, Tony, do you feel like Dak is playing too aggressively? Maybe taking a, a little too many chances, you know, playing with fire just a little bit too much? I mean, like, or he's a little bit removed from the, I don't want to say conservative player we've known him to be, but the, the more cautious player that we've known him to be. I, I honestly don't have a problem with it. I think this not you asking it, but in general, because I've seen it other places, it's more of a results-based question because they see the interceptions. They see the miscommunication sometimes with the players, and I see him pushing the ball a little bit too much downfield. Uh, Kellen Moore, Dak Prescott, these guys have said that this is something they're going to continue to do, and they have to do because if a team doesn't respect playing you know playing the, the the deep pass and don't expect that or don't respect it they're gonna come in they're gonna play the run a little bit more they're gonna make the windows tighter they're gonna make it harder for Dak Prescott so yeah he might have to take one of these you know these deep shots these seam shots that you know it hasn't been ultra successful but at some point they're gonna hit and they gotta do it to keep them honest so I don't have a problem with it I think it's a part of the bigger picture I think 
what they're doing now. And I think it's part of what Kellen Moore does really well is he, he's playing chess where he set and moves up now for later, right? We're going to see things now that are going to set up moves that they're going to use in the wild card round. They might use in Christmas Eve. They, they, there's things that we see. Like, I mean, they went double stack wide with two, four, with four tight ends out wide and then ran like a little, like a little, little inside move run in the middle. Like they're doing things that are just unique. They're making teams have to, you know, study and, 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 you know, kind of prepare for this team in a, in a way that is just not easy or cookie cutter. So to answer this question shorter, instead of going the long route, I have, zero, long route. <laughs> I have zero issues with uh, Dak Prescott, you know, continuing to be aggressive because he has to, I think ultimately it's going to only help and benefit this team. So even though you went both the short and long route, the, 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 your answer is yes he is playing like to, he no, is playing more not. aggressively he, no but he's like playing a, a, exactly aggressively as he needs to okay so you don't think it's too aggressive but do no. you think it is more aggressive versus what we've grown accustomed to from Dak? like both can be true that it can be more and that you're fine with it i to answer the question it's not too aggressive he's playing aggressive he's playing in a way ah, that a quarterback okay. is confident he's like i'll give you five points for sticking to your guns that was respect yep. Uh, Danny, do you agree? Do you want to see Dak dial it back a little bit? Or are you um, are you jumping on with Tony right here? I do not want to see Dak dial it back. I uh, I love what I'm seeing from Dak. I know there are times where sometimes uh, you know he doesn't make the best read, or you know he throws in, in you know into coverage. But you know what? As Tony said, he and he and he said it really well. You know these are necessary evils that we know we need to we need to do this. You know to keep the defensive the defense honest. And honestly, what really bothers me about deck is, is when he still checks down. So I think minus this last game, which wasn't one of his better games, Dak has been playing fantastic. These are the previous two games, even the giants game where he had two picks. I don't even care the way well, he the was Packers throwing the ball. Game. Well, the Packers game that, that was th- those, those picks you can explain away more than the giants. Those, or, those picks or, were, but there was right. a lot of bad stuff on film in that game too. But if you look at Minnesota, you look at New York, Dak was just, I mean, I hadn't seen him play as well as, as he's played in those two games. So that makes me excited. So absolutely, I do not want to see them, you know, pull back at all. I think what they're doing with him is great. I love the confidence that he has. This is the kind of things that's absolutely necessary if the Cowboys really want to take that next step. So uh, for sure, I don't yeah, know. I mean, sometimes I get a little scared and a little bit like, well, what's he doing? But I'm, no, I would. This is this is the DAC we want. Mm, okay. Uh Brandon, I like this comment from Johnny Boy. Uh, the emergence of Tony Pollard in the tight end play, in spite of missing a wide receiver piece, we already covered that, obviously, uh, is why Dak needs to keep his foot on the gas. This provides the Zeke the room he needs to punch through. It does kind of feel like, the, for lack of a better way to put this, Brandon, the aggressiveness is a result of like new toy discovery. Like now, Tony Pollard's a thing. Hey, whoa, wow, wow, shocker, Cowboys. He had Tony Pollard on the roster this whole time. Maybe that would have been a cool thing uh, a few years back. But they they are flexing all of their muscles. And in order to do that, Brandon, it does kind of feel like Dak has to be the one wielding things. Yeah, he definitely has to. And and to Tony and Dan's point, I mean, I think he's playing right at the, the right aggressiveness level. I think he's doing well. And, and you, know, you know, his stats are a little reflective of these new toys. He's got a, pretty much a whole new tight end room, essentially. And then Noah Brown was essentially a blocker for the majority of his career up until this year. So, Yes, I mean, and, and honestly, he was Noah Brown's best games were when when Cooper Rush was in the was at the helm. So, I mean, I don't think I don't think he he's more of a blocking guy, but he's played a lot of football this year. More, you know, he's been in the receiving game a lot more than he, he normally has been. But overall, Dax Dax uh, completion percentage to, to date is actually his third highest in his career. I mean, he's he's at nearly sixty eight percent completion percentage. I mean, he's got thirteen touchdowns. He's got seven picks. 
I mean, that's, you know, it's essentially a, a two to one ratio. I'm not, I'm not that concerned about it. And here's the other thing. I love the way the offense has been, how they've been rolling the last three games in particular, the, you know, prior to the Packers uh, debacle. I mean, we, we talked about it back then, but Dak threw the ball like 50 times in that game, just about. And that's, that's, that's a little too high. And, and in the last three games, he hasn't thrown the ball more than 30 times. I think the magic number is throwing right around 30 times a game. And in those same three games, in comparison to the first nine games, they were throw, they ran the ball, the Cowboys, 28 times a game. The last three, they've come, they, they've ran for about, on average 38 times per game. So they've increased the rushing the rushing attempts by about 10, uh, 10 uh, carries per game over the last three. So I think collectively, I think the aggressiveness is right where it needs to be. And I think Kellen Moore and the and crew, after the Packers situation, they've learned a lot from this and, and, and they've been on a three-game winning streak since. And I think it's, Right now, it's the perfect complement. You you run the ball a lot. You pass the ball a decent amount, and I think it's and you're seeing the rewards on it. I mean, we've had two games out of these three where they scored over 40 points. Granted, I know the defense has been playing great, but they've been they've been kicking some tail the last three games, and I think it's it's because we're actually seeing a better a better um, balance on on offense. Sturge, do you think that Dak is kind of hiding in plain sight to the point that um, and and Brandon and I had the discussion. I don't want to like just you know paint his point by, by that line, but um, to where somebody would say like I'm not afraid of Dak Prescott. It has been a weird season. He hasn't played the entire time. He's not like lighting up box scores like like you know the Cowboys are successful in a second straight season. Like they're defying a lot of conventional wisdom that people have had with regard to this team and him as a player, et cetera, et cetera. Do you think that has allowed him to kind of you know be camouflaged in a weird way? Yeah, I mean, think about it. Like, we're only talking a lot about Dak right now because of the numbers that have developed since Dak's returned, right? So Dak gets back. All of a sudden, we're averaging X amount of points. Everybody's like, oh, my God, look at this go. Like, Dak, like, the one, the best trait I like about Dak Prescott is his composure and his, like, his willingness to, like, accept the fact that he just made a bad play and just go out there and pretend it never happened. His short-term memory is incredible. And that's what I've watched from time and time again ever since he started in this league. But because the Cowboys are playing such good defense and because we have a good running game and because it's such a balanced attack and the play calling is, I want to say, 85% there, you know, there's still wide receiver screens, which I want to throw my TV through the it window. It worked out. Michael Gallup had a great gain on the wide receiver so That's Honestly, that's one out of 25 that we've seen run, wow. and it just doesn't seem to work. I don't understand it. A, con- a guy dropped that comment number before. I was like, oh, man, though, I can't wait to chime in on that. Um but yeah, so there it is. So what I'm saying is Dak Prescott doesn't have to be Patrick Mahomes. He doesn't have to be Patrick Mahomes. Take away like Patrick Mahomes' ability and that team, that that Chiefs team goes away, right? That Chiefs team, I'm sorry, they won't function. We saw that on Sunday in Cincinnati. We saw that on Sunday, right? So like with Dak Prescott being who he is, like the ability is there. The ability to drop a dime in a bucket is there. The ability for him to take off and run is there. The ability for him to lower shoulder and mow somebody over is there. It's all there, and it comes when it's absolutely needed. Dak Prescott has had a lot of throws this year that he wants back. We all know that, right? But the fact that he can bounce back right away and the Cowboys are still 9-3 and three and they're averaging all these points, that just goes to show you that it all doesn't fall on the shoulders of four. And I think because of that, the guy could play more loose and he, he's a he's a more su- a successful quarterback in that regard. Brandon, you had a point. Yeah, I mean to, to finish up a little bit on the Dak talk, 
he threw for 170 yards uh, against the Colts, and he still had three touchdowns. I mean, and he, and he threw for six, about 67%. I don't need him to be throwing for 350, 400 yards. If, if we're getting this good balance on on you know on offense when when the ground game is running well, that's great because Pollard Pollard got you know he had a he had great touches. Zeke had great touches, and Malik, Malik Davis had a nice I think 23 yard scamper for a touchdown. I mean, again, the balance is there. You don't need Dak to Dak can throw for 220 a game, and if the running game is getting you close to two bills a game. I'm fine with it. It might not um, win you any fantasy games, but who cares? Right. You know what I, I, make, right. I make this reference a lot. Um, you know, I think sometimes like Cowboys teams we've loved in the past have been like, like when you're playing a video game um, and like something hectic is happening and you have to kind of like lose focus. You know what I'm saying? Like, and if you, if you actually focus, you'll like lose the like, you know, moment you're in, if that makes sense. Like, we, I think we've all kind of experienced that to some degree. And I know that this team and this player is is very precious in our memories, but like, in hindsight, the 2014 season really felt that way. It felt like Romo has to be like dealing for, for this team to, to really stand a chance. And and obviously that happened a lot that season. Um, but but that's not the case here, right? Like like you don't you don't need Dak like and that's not to say he can't hit that level to your point search, but you don't you don't need a plus from Dak every single week. And and the moment you you know scale back what is necessary, the higher your floor is, the higher your ceiling is in an overall sense. And that is a very exciting thing. I think Tony wins the question though. Uh, you started it off very strong, Tony, and saying, yeah, like, I think your answer is ultimately he is playing more aggressively, but because that's what's necessary, like the process, the expectation, the the calculus, it has changed. Like, this is not the same team, like those shots, those whatever you want to call them. They are a product of who they are and who they have become and who they continue to become. So, Tony, congratulations to you, man. That was a great job. Thank you. <laughs> That, thank you. That's all, all I have to say is thank you. No, nah, I mean, I'll touch on it more if you want me to. Um, no, no, no. You know what I want you to right. touch on, Tony? Mackenzie <laughs> Alexander. Cowboys have a new cornerback. I don't Dang. think we have to touch on this a lot, but they do have a new corner um, in lieu of the er, in, in the aftermath of the Anthony Brown injury. So your thoughts, Tony? I, I like it. I mean, well, it's a necessary move. Um, I think it's one of those moves where now we're going to see Kelvin Joseph out wide more. You know, now he's going to take over the Anthony Brown spot. And, and it's it makes me a little nervous, to be honest with you, because Kelvin Joseph, you know, Anthony Brown gets he gets, you know, he gets beat down a little bit. But I think his steadiness is what his best ability was. So there might be a little more volatility on the outside there with Kelvin Joseph. Um, with that being said, you know, you got Kendall Shefford. Sheffield on the uh, practice squad. Now we bring Mackenzie Alexander in. These are guys that, you know, have played in this league. They have um, had some quality football. Now, how much can they help us now? There's intrigue to that. I know uh, Dan, uh, Dan's favorite guy, Nation Wright's going to have a more bigger role now. So um, we'll see how that goes on the special team side of things. But, um, you know, this is the Cowboys doing some roster churning. And I think um, there is some level of intrigue there. Dan, uh, Barut Wedding uh, says that they are here late and wants to know if you've been gloating like a supervillain. I would not. I would say that that has not been the case. Dan has been very measured and very humble. Uh, but Dan, I put this to you. I don't want to like throw eggs at Will McClay here, but um, Nation Wright and Kelvin Joseph are super important all of a sudden, and we all feel kind of bad about that. Like that is a really rough situation, you know, for second year players that were drafted on day two. Yeah, and it's weird because uh, Rabs and I we argued about this in the off season, you know, because we we kind of ranked our positions, and I had concerns about the second or the cornerback group simply because of what. Obviously, I don't like Nashawn Wright, and I, I had concerns about Kelvin Joseph. But the Cowboys were very fortunate last year to stay healthy, so it didn't even matter. We didn't because we had the, you know, our main three. Now we have a situation where two of our main three are out, and we're going to be relying on our depth, and it's a little bit worrisome. I don't know. Um, you know, I know, I know McKenzie Alexander, he's more of a slot guy. So, you know, I don't, we, we need somebody viable on the, on the outside because as Tony will attest to, 
Anthony Brown is a, is a pretty decent cornerback, and you know, and you know, we, and you're going to learn that real quickly when Calvin Joseph is getting flagged for he's too, you know, he's grabbing and he gets beat and he doesn't have his head turned around. So, so that's going to be an issue. I am a little bit interested to see what we get from, um, you know, Ken, Kendall Sheffield, and because I think that. You know, that's a really, he's a really good athlete, very fast, very twitchy. So there's, he also doesn't get his head turned around. So, uh, but whatever, whatever we choose, just please don't throw 25 out there. I think that's just asking for trouble. And uh, I don't know. I don't, I do not want to go in the playoffs. And then all of a sudden Cowboys, you know, so-and-so is banged up and then Nashawn Wright's over there on the outside. And the next thing you know, it's, you know, Mike Evans or, you know, Chris Godwin. It's just in the Cowboys have no chance because they can't, they can't handle it. So that, that I'm, I'm a little worried about the, Starts, uh, you you took offense to that. Is is Nation right? You're Noah Brown. Like, are you the Dan Phantom in this situation? No, 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 no. <laughs> not, not by any stretch. But I, I will say this: good signing by the Cowboys. Like, it, you need it, obviously. You know, you, you, they're dropping like flies over there in the cornerback department. Even Goodwin, who again he got back in the game, and I know he's not hasn't been a corner in like I don't know ten years. But uh, what I'm saying is, every corner, no matter who's on that team. Whether it be Trayvon Diggs, whether it be any of the guys that are going to be playing the other positions, right? They are as good as their pass rush. And that's what it breaks down to. If we get to the quarterback as fast as humanly possible, it doesn't matter who you trot out there. I mean, obviously, cornerback is probably one of the hardest, if not the hardest position to play in the NFL, in football, right? But if you don't have to cover for a long time, you don't have to really worry so much about it. So as long as, like Dan just said, there's 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 quickness, there's twitching, there's 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 attributes that you need as a corner. But if that pass rush can get home, it makes things a lot 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 easier. Uh, Brandon, do you have a Mackenzie Alexander jersey already? I don't, but I actually I've known about Mackenzie Alexander for a long time. Being a uh, being a uh, Syracuse Orange fan, there it is. Yeah, he. I mean, actually, he was at the Carrier Dome back in 2015. He looked. He looked pretty good back then. He was actually a freshman All American uh, at Clemson. He's a, he was a heck of a talent in college, second round pick in 2016. And uh, and actually, there's another Syracuse tie to it. He was recently before he just signed with the Cowboys. He was actually signed by the the Miami Dolphins because of an injury to a former Syracuse Orange cornerback, Trill Williams. They brought they brought in uh, Mackenzie Alexander to uh, fill in that role. And unfortunately, uh, Alexander had a groin injury, so he—that's where he got the injury settlement from the Dolphins. That's where he's been kind of been sitting out, and he said he's fully ready to go. And obviously, he's ready to go because the Cowboys just signed him. He's a decent corner, you know. Again, he's—you know—he's more of an inside corner, so we'll see. We'll see how that pans out. But at this stage of the game, I mean, he's got some experience. He—he's—you know—he's not a bad—not not a bad uh, signing at this point. I'm—I'm—I'm I'm, I'm really excited to see what happens with uh, with uh, Kendall. I think uh, Sheffield. I think he. I think he's got some talent. I'd like to see what, what he can bring to the table. And uh, I, I guess we'll see what happens. But to Sturch's point, the pass rush, we're only as good as our pass rush. If, you know, if those boys can keep their pin their ears back and just keep doing what they're doing, Micah Parsons, uh, D-Law, uh, Armstrong, the rest of the crew, as long, you know, if the pass rush keeps going, you know, as long as we got bodies back there, you know, that, that might help us a little bit at the end, as long as that pass rush keeps going. Um, well said. All right, we have one question left, and we're going to – Change the rules just a little bit here because it's the holidays. Let's keep it fun. Let's keep it. Let's keep it interesting. You are all currently tied at forty-five points apiece. Now, Danny and Brandon were the first two to get to forty-five, but Tony Sturge, you both caught up very quickly. So we are going to divide into teams for this last question. Brandon, Danny, because you were the first to get to forty-five, you are on a team. So I'm moving you to be next to one another. Uh, Danny, you did not 
set, you know, finish the alley-oop that I set up for you. Um, that's what this is about. You are going to set up your partner. So somebody gets to pick who go, or you two as a duo get to pick who goes first and who goes second. Um, you guys are trying to high five one another and very, very, very much so failing at this. But do you understand the game? You have to answer this together. You get to decide who starts the answer and who finishes it. It has to be organic. It has to work. I will obviously have a hand in picking the winner, but so will the crowd as always. Everybody cool with the rules here before we get to the question. Sure. Uh, by the way, Casey understands uh, the game here says 46 points to RJ for pretending. to <laughs> uh, So thank you very much. That would mean that I win. Um, so uh, by virtue of a coin flip, which happened in my mind, uh, Brandon, Danny, you get to go first. Uh, so the question is, uh, how big of a deal is Tyron Smith returning to this team? Again, it has to be a group composite answer. So decide who wants to go first, who wants to go second. And it, you get points for the transition. If there's a bumpy like, uh, you go now, then you lose points. This has to be smooth like butter. So, Brandon, what, what do you feel? You want to you want to lead things off? or what, Yeah, I can, see it. Off? I can see it off. I'll let you close it out like Rivera. Okay. You like that? Yeah, your reference. Okay. Now, how's Aaron Judge going, Serge? Anyway, this is their time. He hasn't signed anywhere yet. <laughs> Hopefully he goes to the San Francisco Giants. I'm just saying. Uh, so with Tyron Smith getting ready, the 21-day window is, is, uh, is opening up here, which is great because it'll be good to have the future Hall of Fame left tackle back in his back in his uh, his spot, which means Tyler Smith can slide into left guard. I'm, I'm not a big Connor McGovern fan. I think he's a good role, a good role uh, player, good bench, a bench uh, lineman. I think I think it's good that, that we'll have Smith the Smiths on the left side together. Again, I think it only makes this this uh, this offense line that much better. And having Tyler Smith coming back hopefully sooner rather than later is the key because we do have just a handful of games left in the season. So ideally, I'd like to see him come in in the, the last the last two or you know two or three games just to work the kinks out and get things rocking and rolling. And then and then he's ready for the postseason. And this is a huge deal because. We're getting our we're getting our future Hall of Fame left tackle back. How many how many franchises today can say they have a future Hall of Fame left tackle on their roster? There ain't too many. And Tyron Smith is definitely uh, definitely going to be a great sight to see. And Tyler Smith's done a heck of a job. Future's bright for him. But uh, Danny, I'm gonna leave it to you on this. Yeah, without question, it's a big deal because I mean, first off, we need to look at this. Ty Tyron Smith's going to come back, and he's not going to be has to play. 16 17 games so we're going to get a fresh tyron smith you know on this stretch run right when the cowboys need him this cowboys team has, has put up 150 plus rushing yards in each of the last four games so now you're going to throw in tyler in the middle and guess what whether you like mcgovern or not i mean he's going to be now their fullback so now you got not only you got this the best five but you got another guy for little jumbo packages, a little – maybe he might run around. We don't know. So, But now the Cowboys' offensive line is going to be in, in the best shape it's been in a long while. And to have a – and let's face it, is we can – you can say what you want about the tackles. When Tyron Smith's healthy, that guy's – that guy's – he will move you. So, I mean, it's 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 great – it's great to have him back, but it's also great to not worry that, well, he's not going to make it all season because, you know what, he doesn't have to. Okay, that was well done, you guys. Um, if you want to split, you know, I don't know, uh, a dessert or something, you know what I mean? You want to, you know, break bread, that's up to you guys. Uh, well done. Uh, Tony, Sturch, decide whatever order you want. It's up to you guys. Floor is yours. 
I don't mind going first, Sturge, if you want to close it out with like the master of ceremonies. But um, so for me, uh, for me, it's a massive deal. And it's and it has a lot to do with um, everything not Tyron Smith related. I think um, having that left tackle there that Dak Prescott can be more comfortable with. Right. I think Tyler Smith has came in and done an admirable job. I think he's done and exceeded my expectations. A lot of people's expectations. But having that left tackle with the Pro Bowl you know, Hall of Fame pedigree is only going to help this offensive line. And they mentioned it before, but I'll say it again, kicking uh, Tyler Smith inside and allowing him to be a road grading, you know, run blocking left guard with Tyron Smith to the left. him is only going to solidify that left side. Now, how many teams in the NFL can literally say that Connor McGovern is going to be a backup swing guard type situation with 13, 14 starts on the season, right? Then you get add the fact that Jason Peters is there for, you know, for, for goofs. And now Jason Peters is, is a tackle that you never hope to have to see. And it's just Tyron Smith, like, you know, it, like you said, he comes in, you get him in for the final stretch. Hopefully he plays six or seven games. We make it all the way to the Super Bowl. And it's just the much how I felt about OBJ and his ability. I feel that even more about the fact that you can get Tyron Smith back an absolute hall of famer stud, absolute behemoth of a man to, to block the blind side. So for me, it's an easy, uh, easy thing to be excited about. And I know search is going to take us home. Yeah, I mean, I, I I wholeheartedly agree. It's one of the bigger moves. It's like, you know, making a trade after the trade deadline. A player acquisition is a 365 thing, according to the Joneses. And this is just like getting a brand new shiny toy. Um, the one thing I will say is this provides double depth. And I know he just touched on it before, but, you know, you're moving McGovern out of the lineup, right? And if you want to throw him in the fullback, sure. But I love how Sean McEwen's doing his thing over there. Um, if you want to move Jason Peters, you're out too now, buddy. And it's great for depth. Have we ever, have we ever had, this much depth on the offensive line, honestly, because back in the day, um, you know, when Tyron Smith would go down, you would say, oh, my God, the season is lost. We got our left tackle. He's gone. It's over. What are we going to do now? You have a sound like, look, he's coming in. He tore the hamstring off the bone. Right. So we don't know what we're going to get out of Tyron Smith. So he's going to get out there. He's going to do his thing. He's going to push some guys around, but he's also going to struggle. There's going to be times where he's going to struggle. But good thing is that if something does happen to Tyron Smith, we are nine and three without Tyron Smith. We have done wonders on this offensive line without Tyron Smith. And what this also does for you is it provides you no more of this let's flex in and and out offensive line scheme. If Tyron Smith is there, Tyron's not coming out unless he's hurt. If Tyler Smith moves the left guard, he's also not coming out unless he's hurt. There will be no more Jason Peters here on special downs and all of a sudden Connor McGovern shifts over to the other side. We don't need any of that anymore. Tyron Smith adds the depth, the leadership, the, the the incredible locker room presence that he's going to bring, and not to mention the just the, the fear, the fear that he might strike into a defensive lineman where he thought, you know, the, the defensive linemen on the other side are probably thinking, hmm, when do I play the Cowboys? Oh, it's week 14. Well, hey, listen, they lost Ty Tyron Smith, so I'll be able to do my thing. And then they see him coming back, and it's just like watching like the incredible Hulk return. <laughs> so I think this is a fantastic, fantastic addition for a town, uh, a time that the Cowboys need it the most. The running game will improve. The protection with Dak will improve. Everything improves because of Tyron Smith. And again, the worst case scenario, and he goes down again, you've seen what our offensive line has been able to do. Wow. Um, this was really great. Um, my heart is so full. Um, I'm really torn that I, I, I'm I'm torn and take no joy in the fact that I have to make one pair really happy and, and one pair miserable, maybe for a week. Who knows? Um, Brandon, Danny, I loved your 
cumulative response. Danny, I loved you bringing up Connor McGovern playing fullback. I know you did that kind of somewhat tongue-in-cheek, but that's a real thing. Like that, that, that is an element of the offense that that has been absent because of this injury. Uh, so I think that that makes, you know, an enormous amount of sense to obviously be excited about because the Tyron thing is, is about more than Tyron returning, right? It's, it's about the domino effect, the cascading effect that he has on the entire offense, the offensive line. Uh, Tony, I loved your line about Jason Peters. You hope you like the Cowboys are in a position where they hope they are so stable. They do not have to play Jason Peters. What a stupid sentence. Like that is such a stupid thing to say out loud. Um, none of you really touched on the fact that this move makes their left guard position elite. Um, I know you you all kind of danced around it, but that is an important thing is, is that they are now not only elite at left tackle once again, but they are elite at left guard. They're about to improve 40 percent of the offensive line. Um, Tony had a line um, back um, in October um, that I really liked uh, talking about Dak Prescott. And I don't want to butcher it, Tony, but there's something like the league messed up. The, the league let Dak Prescott, you know, come back to to a hot Cowboys team. Well, the league really messed up and they let. Tyron Smith stay out long enough and the Dallas Cowboys get to a position where they are going to be a playoff team. And to your point, Danny, have Tyron Smith not. Hey, dude, we all know he hasn't played a full season since 2015. Guess what, bro? You don't have to play a whole season. We're in December. Like, you don't you don't have to do it. Just come in two months, baby, two months. And then we'll all chill after the parade. Um, a phenomenal discussion all the way around uh, by the thinnest of margins. The hair on my Jenny Jin Jin. Tony and Sturge, you are the winners tonight. Uh, well done. Congratulations. Um, who wants to speak first? Who wants to give the acceptance speech? It's your. It's up to you guys. Dave, take it away, man. Uh, listen, I'm I'm a humble dude. I, I you know I know I'm Mr. Overreaction on Twitter during game days, and if you follow me, uh, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, but look, to all the credit of everybody, like this is a a very good time. I mean, look, we're in December right now. And when January hit last year, we were all, at least I know I was, I was, I was checked out. I was like, this is, this is the biggest defeat I've ever felt. Like, this is horrible. But here we are two, three weeks before Christmas, and we're all gelling right now on this blogging the boys roundtable. And so are the Dallas Cowboys. This is a phenomenal time to get hot. This is a phenomenal time to stay hot. And the Cowboys right now are going to get into a, a even more of a groove because they have the favorable schedule, and you don't want to look off anybody. You don't want to look past the Texans. You don't want to look past the Jaguars. But boy, oh boy, for your boy, RJ, I need you to send them a little bit of a message from the Blocking the Boys uh, YouTube channel. Be very afraid of a steamrolling Dallas wow. Cowboys team in December. Merry Christmas, you filthy animal Philadelphia Eagle fans. Wow, that was well done. You know, Sturch, uh, Tony, I want to set you up here. Um, although Sturge just said everything uh, perfectly. Um, I thought Sturge was going to say that by January he was checked out. Sturge, you were talking about after the loss to San Francisco. But but Tony, I do think that we all entered the playoffs kind of running on fumes. Like they, they had been falling apart, you know, and the offense had just been so dry. It, it was like pulling teeth as opposed to now. Now, now they're more fit. They trained for the marathon this time around. Mile 10? Who cares, baby? We're crushing that goo stuff that the marathon runners eat. Like, we are not afraid of this. We've been here before. We've done that. And that's not said from a point of arrogance or cockiness. It's said from a point of calluses on our hands, Tony Kettling. Absolutely. I think um, I think this is why it's so important for them to go back to back playoff years. Right. We hadn't felt this in so long of, you know, taking the L and then having another chance the next year to go and, and right the wrong. And you're totally right. I think a lot of us were really not in favor of that 49ers matchup last year. And I think it spilled into the game. There was a lot of referee blaming and there was a lot of pointing fingers. But this year feels so much different than last year. I don't I mean, I felt really good about a 12 and five football team last year. And I feel so much better about the prospect to this season so it, it's exciting time to be a cowboys fan man brandon are you um are you pissed off 
that you just you were a part of the losing team here. No, it was a good good chat. Ah, I respect. Danny, <laughs> I think Danny and I did a pretty darn good job, but uh, the boys the boys uh, did a good job. So everybody, I thought we all did great tonight. And and uh, you can tell your uh, your Eagles friend there uh, uh, from us, Dak Prescott's the better quarterback. Sorry. Mm. Danny, um, do you blame Brandon, first of all, for, for y'all's <laughs> loss? Um, and, and second of all, um, who is the best quarterback in the NFC East? Uh, no, I don't I don't blame Brandon. I think that, you know what, the first and 10 guys, I mean, they were taking deep shots early and often. So, not, you know, much, much proud of, of Sturge, too. After all, what I thought was most of the meat was taken from the bone. He came through and he helped keep people grounded, too, because you know what? If something does happen, you know, we're still okay. And, you know, so no, I think they did a fantastic job. And uh, without question, Dak Prescott is the best quarterback in the NFC East. So, mm. about to learn that real quick, Eagle fans. It's, it's not a hard question. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Actually, I want to, last thing, um, and Brandon and I talked about this as well. There is a world, and Tony, you've, you've brought up Christmas Eve several times. There, if the Eagles do not lose, that game is still incredibly important. But the energy around it is is a little bit different. Now, the Cowboys can win that game and, and the Eagles can lose a game after that, but they, they have two home games after Christmas Eve against the saints and the giants. And if they beat the giants this week, I think, you know, the confidence level on that, you know, goes even further down to where it already is. Uh, but, but if the Eagles do not lose Tony before that game, it, it will, you know, diminish the hype just a little bit, I think. Yeah. I, I, I think I said it on our episode of the first and 10, if we lose before that game or they don't lose before that right. game, it takes a little sting out of it. Right. Just a little bit. Um, If we were going there and handle business, go 11 and three on, on Christmas Eve and they find a way to drop one game on. It is, <laughs> oh, it is yeah. the biggest Cowboys game in, I don't know how long. If yeah. well, that's the case, the way I the way I see this game, honestly, like if they don't trip up, and all signs point to the Eagles are going to roll. I mean, they're going to roll over the Giants, potentially. I, I don't know, whatever. If they don't trip up and we face them, and there's no chance, no no logical chance at the division, and let's just say, let's just say we drop that game on Christmas Eve, and we're just like, oof, you know. We live in a world right now that if you you want to look ahead, we're a playoff team already, right? You guys, I mean, we haven't necessarily had the X next to our name in the paper uh, it clinch, but by all stretches, we're going to be in the playoffs as the five seed, right? We live in a world now that if that first round goes to chalk, guess what, Philly? <laughs> we're coming to your house in the divisional round of the playoffs. And last time I checked, it's very, very hard to beat a, th a team three times, okay? I know the Cowboys were very capable of doing that once upon a time, but it's very hard to do that. Uh, we will learn what Dak Prescott has. Remember, we can say we can we're we're on that crutch right now. We're on that crutch saying like, ah, you know, that last game against Philly in Philly. Right. We had Cooper Rush. Right. So if Dak goes out there and gets it done, then I have full confidence that when we take on Philly again, you know, it's game on again. If we go out there and, and, and lay an egg or something goes wrong, I'm not I'm still not worried. I'm at the point now where the Cowboys are going to roll into the playoffs with their wins. Right. They're going to roll. I almost don't want, and if you think about it, knock on wood, do we have anybody besides Tyron Smith that we're kind of like waiting on, you know, coming back from injury? Like, James I don't, Washington. fine, but like, even mm -hmm. if he gets inserted, who knows what kind of role he's going to have, but like, if you're rolling, I don't want that week off. I know that sounds ridiculous, but I don't want to sit back and relax and wait and see, and then, oh, we're hosting a game. It's going to be in prime time. No, man. Go out there, beat up on Brady or whoever it is, either Seattle, whoever we play in the first round. Then you get to have the ultimate revenge game that we've been all like salivating over for the rest of our life. The Eagles can potentially go 15 and one this year or 16 and one, sorry, and beat us, right? 16 and one. And then we go into their house and beat them. And then their entire season is up in smoke. I, I just, 
I don't want to tell you what's going on over here behind the camera, but I'm getting excited. Okay. Um, excited. <laughs> I normally kind of scoff at, at like when like someone like you says that search, like, oh, I don't want the buy week. Cause I think like, well, there's, there's like, there's a legitimacy to it, right? Like it's, sure, it's a week sure. off. Like it's, and, and, and you don't know when you got to get, I get right. It. And you don't know what position you're in health wise, like how much you'll need it. But I will say, um, I interviewed Trayvon Diggs. People can watch that interview here on the YouTube channel or listen on the podcast network a few weeks ago. And he said, he said he, he hates bye weeks and, and he said he wants to go fast. He said, that's what he actually loves Thanksgiving. And so like, me and Trayvon, like, you know, that's what I'm saying. Like, if Sturge, like, I love Sturge, but like, Sturge says it, eh, okay. But Trayvon Diggs says it, okay. <laughs> now, now I'm paying a little bit more attention. You Danny, mean to tell me that he has a little <laughs> bit more relevance than me. I, I don't know how I feel about this or how I'm supposed to feel about this. I respect Trayvon because he doesn't have one of the new age helmets. He has one of the classic, purely round helmets. That is such a low key, like, sick move for a corner. Uh, Danny, if the Eagles do not lose, will you be like 1% less excited for that game just because the stakes won't necessarily be like do or die the way that we want them to be? No, you know what? I I think we should have ended the show, or you know, sooner because you know I'm I'm not agreeing with anything you guys are saying now. Uh, uh, first <laughs> we were off, very there, kumbaya before. Now, so <laughs> there is wow. there is nothing that is going to take any of the excitement away from that Christmas Eve game because I'll tell you what, I don't, whether it's playoff seating or not, that game is a, is a statement game. It's it's the game where we're going to see. It's the first time we can see who is the best team in the NFL, and you know we may we're going to have to play each other again, but. but this is drawn first blood, so this absolutely is huge. Mm. And as, as far as I'm the, back in, wow, well, thank you. All right, <laughs> and uh, another thing too. And I mean, yeah, I, I like. There's arguments to be made about you know keeping keeping the momentum and you know and keeping the fight in you and not having that layoff. But I'll tell you what, anytime you have to play an extra game is extra risk, extra risk of losing, extra risk of getting hurt. So absolutely, I would love the buy. And um, so no, I yeah, I just I have a different uh, a different position. And my uh, boy, Sturch. I, you know, we all believe like the Cowboys are the better team today. The Eagles just are in the better position because of, of what happened while Dak Prescott was out. But, you know, to your point, Danny, that is, it's an opportunity to prove it. Like, you know, and, and again, that doesn't end their season, but that is a, an opportunity nonetheless. Uh, Brandon, are the Eagles going to lose whether it is they have two road games? So the Cowboys are there. That, that's something I don't want to give away the whole mixtape, but that's something Brandon, uh, also named Brandon, talked about. Um, Cowboys just kind of being worried. That's a, a third road game in a row for the Eagles when they visit the Cowboys. And it is technically on a short week. It is a Saturday as opposed to a Sunday. So just some extenuating circumstances. But Brandon Clements. Do the Eagles lose on the road to the Giants this week or the Bears next week? Because if they do, then holy crap, Christmas Eve will be electric. You guys are going to go crazy with this one, but I, I think the Giants are going to win. I can't believe I'm saying that, but I think this division, the divisional games, man, they, it doesn't matter how good the teams are. Divisional matchups are always tough, and I, I really do like what the Giants defense is doing, and I think they can keep, keep – uh, Keep that quarterback hurts uh, contained. I like I like Kayvon Thibodeau. I think he's gonna have a big game, and uh, I think that I think the Giants will uh, will beat them. And then let's get let's go for all the marbles for the division title on Christmas Eve, and then the Cowboys just win the division. That's that's what we're looking at right now. And make no mistake about it. Make no mistake about it. There isn't a scenario in the world that when we play the Philadelphia Eagles, it's gonna be. A bloodbath. Okay, we're not we're not about to sit there like, oh well, we can't get that division. It is uh, this game doesn't mean much. No, it's the Eagles, and we're gonna want to punch them directly in the mouth. So there, mm. there's no there is a hype. It is Christmas Eve. I am so tired of holidays being ruined by this team. And this they year, just finally, on Thanksgiving, I, I, I just said <laughs> this year they finally made up for it, and I don't want them to let that go. I want them to say, hey guys, Cowboys Nation, everybody out there, we know you gave you guys a fantastic end to your Thanksgiving. 
guess what? Merry Christmas. You, we just beat the crap out of the Eagles. I'm with it. Um, all right, let's get out of here. I'm going to deviate from the rules just a little bit because it hasn't been as awesome uh, when I've left this to chance. So, Sturch, I would like you to pick a random noise that Tony has to make as we leave. I, I would like it to be like truly – we do this a lot. I know you've gotten a lot of heat like, oh, Sturch is finally big at the round table. But we do this every time. Uh, Tony is, is very famously you know, good at this particular game. Um, so pick a rant. It could be an animal. It can be a, a sound. It could be anything you want. But I want it to be somewhat random. Like I don't want like you know I, I don't want it to be like chalk. You know like something truly random, not something random that everybody picks. So uh, Tony has to make this sound in an impressive way as we sign off. But let us know why you picked the sound as well, please. Tony, I need you to do me a favor and make the the sound of a dying eagle. Okay, because that, my friends, is what's going to happen on Christmas mm. Eve. Take it away, Tony. Oh! <laughs> <sighs>